Welcome to the Clear Skin Chronicles, the podcast that takes you on a journey to uncover the secrets of achieving glowing, acne-free skin. We believe that knowledge is power, and by understanding the root causes of your acne, we can create a solid foundation for long-lasting clear skin. I'm Katie Stewart, registered holistic nutritionist and founder of The Clear Skin Solution, where we help women just like you get to the root cause of their acne. And I'm Chris Brown, registered holistic nutritionist and program director in The Clear Skin Solution. Through functional testing, we pinpoint where the body system imbalances lie so we can dive deep into your acne clearing journey. We work virtually with clients to clear up their skin from the inside out and have helped thousands of women worldwide regain their confidence. So when we first decided to start the podcast, Chris, the Clear Skin Chronicles, I went and polled our Instagram and I said, hey guys, like we're starting the podcast. What do you want to learn more about? One of the top requests was PCOS and acne. And the second one was actually blood sugar, which kind of goes hand in hand because we know blood sugar is super duper important when it comes to PCOS. So it's kind of like a two birds, one stone, totally going to do a blood sugar episode but today it's all about PCOS. So PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it comes with its own slew of symptoms. We have had so many PCOS clients. Chris, if we had to, you know, put a rough estimate percentage wise, what would you say would be the percentage of clients coming in that are also dealing with PCOS? 28. (laughs) I was going to say 25, but she went 28. So let's go with that one. But As you can see, like that's like one in four clients we deal with have PCOS and acne can be a big symptom of dealing with PCOS. Of course, we're going to be seeing issues with infertility, you know, irregular periods, a lot of things go along like thinning hair and the hair loss, all that kind of stuff. It's a a really fun one to have. So when we're looking at PCOS, there's some really big things we need to be looking at because really... Like there's now evidence that shows that PCOS is caused by inflammation-induced insulin resistance. Essentially, that means that the inflammation in the body is triggering insulin resistance, which is leading to the PCOS. When we get down to that core root of it, inflammation and insulin need to be the top two things we're looking at, but not, not that the only two things. So in this podcast as well, we're of course going to be talking about gut function. We're going to be talking about liver detoxification. And some really big mistakes that we see PCOS and acne sufferers making over this journey. I'm going to ungeek your words, Katie, which of course I'm purring. I'm purring. Don't get me wrong. Gold star for you. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not, you're the geek. I ungeek your words. I was trying to be on. I know because this insulin resistance, inflammatory, what is happening? I love it. Essentially, Katie, what we agree on is... PCOS, one of the major components is we want to look at blood sugar stability. Oh, baby, which is the same thing for acne, right? You got like the first thing we do with our acne clients, whether they have PCOS or not, is blood sugar. Yes. So the blood sugar, that inflammatory trigger, that insulin-like resistance, and that's going to obviously perpetuate down to the gut health, right? It's going to throw off the endocrine system, the adrenals. And then, then we expect our liver just to say, oh, Don't worry, ladies, I've got you covered. It's not going to happen. So it's about that systematic approach. It's about, again, oh my gosh, acne suffers. Stabilize your blood sugar. Everybody, everybody in the world, everybody in life, everybody go and start looking at that blood sugar stability because 
it also perpetuates so much stress in your body. Mm. And then that's just the driver of everything. So when we look at that, we have to look at the encompassing of one, what, how we want to take the approach with you as an individual, but two, the common mistakes we often see by the time clients get to us. Now, when I say 28% of our clients have PCOS, it is probably 15% with true PCOS. The remaining buffer is, I think I thought I have my doctor maybe sort of kind of thinks, oh my gosh, I have these skin tags. That's the remaining balance. Absolutely. We get a lot of self-diagnosis of PCOS. And we also get um, a lot of the, oh, well, my doctor said that maybe I could, I just haven't had testing. So that's why like we'll get intakes and it's like, you know, we check off if you have X, Y, and Z hormone disorder and they check off PCOS. We're like, oh, so you have PCOS. We're like, oh no, like I'm, I'm not sure if I have it. Because I feel like a lot of women, again, they self-diagnose, they use Dr. Google. They're like, oh, I have these symptoms. So it must be PCOS. Absolutely. It could be PCOS, but you could also be having PCOS-like symptoms. Yeah. And we have to be so careful. Just supplementation here for a second. Mm, Chris, this is what gets me a little bit with all these, because what happens is if we have a testosterone, and this is part of that implication, if we have a testosterone issue, we don't know as a general person, if there is an estrogen issue, if there is a progesterone issue, no one hormone just decides to go on vacation, take their ball on the bat and go home. That would be me at the party, by the way, but <laughs> I'm out. But nobody, none of the hormones do that. So what happens is, what do they do first? They go and put themselves on dim. Mm. It's like, oh, I have a hormonal balance. I just need to take dim across the board. I cannot even count in our Facebook group, in our IG DMs, people saying, oh my God, I'm taking dim and it's made my issues so much worse. Yeah, because it wasn't the right thing for your hormones. Yeah, we don't need to be suppressing hormones when one, we have to understand what you've done to mitigate the overall impacts. If I'm going to go build a house, I'm not just going to go run down the floor. I want to be like, oh, that's a, that's a perfect spot. I love that tree. Someone else might own the land. It might, do I have any water? Do I have hydro hook up to it? Unless you're going to go off grid, have at her. But I mean, that farmer's going to be pretty pissed. So we don't in life get to do that. So why are we going and self-supplementing? That's a podcast. Though. Like, I'm not going to go there because it gets me really irritated. It gets me like riled up because the blind supplementation does so much damage in the long run. And people are like, oh, well, I'm saving money because I'm just like following what this influencer said. I need to take this hormone supplement that they absolutely love for their periods. Like, dear God. And of course, there's going to be instances where, you know, you take your period gummies and it helps. But oftentimes it's, again, another band-aid. These supplements become a band-aid because they're not going after the true root, root cause. And this is one of the biggest mistakes we see women make when they're trying to like air quote balance their hormones mm -hmm. because they're relying on a supplement alone and not get, getting through cause. So when we're looking at blood sugar regulations, which is like a massive thing for people with PCOS. So remember that insulin is a hormone that regulates the blood sugar. And it has a really, really big role in PCOS because it has this ability to stimulate androgen production. Androgens are a group of hormones like testosterone. And then when we go even further in the ovaries, our insulin, which we just talked about, works with our luteinizing hormone, which you'll see on blood labs of LH. They actually worked together to stimulate the production of these different types of androgens in our bodies, like testosterone, that is an androgen. So when we are seeing this 
you know, big production of the androgens. This is going to be leading to an an increase in sebum production, which is going to be clogging our pores. So this is really why we need to get down into the blood sugar. And of course, you can get um, blood sugar monitors if you want to do that. You can be getting blood sugar lab tests like your hemoglobin A1C, your insulin, your fasting glucose. Like there's a number of things that you can be looking at. But we have to be looking at blood sugar and it's playing the insulin resistance. The other little connector too is incomplete blood labs. Oh, Lord have mercy in my soul. Back in July, probably mid-July, I had a client and PCOS. True PCOS. True PCOS with diagnoses. So I'm like, okay, let's get some more labs in there for you, right? The doctor should be checking. That's fantastic. We get them back. I'm like, what? What? What's happening? Now, this client is already on a lower glycemic-like meal plan. So an anti-inflammatory, low-sugar base, because we know that's how the insulin it's how the insulin needs to be used in the body, but we can't keep throwing even the good, the good sugars, mm-hmm. right? We can't keep throwing them into the body because the body just like, um, what? It's like there's, it's a Black Friday. That is what happens in your body. Black Friday right there, right? Everything goes on hiatus. So I see it. And you just mentioned the LH hormone, how it works together and it stimulates the pr- that production of the androgens, right? Mm-hmm. Guess what was not on her blood labs? No. LH. It wasn't. Was not. LH wasn't. FSH was. We had the HGA1C, the glucose fasting, which is fine. I said, when did you take it? Nice. And she's like, eight, she confirmed. So 845, she did it the right time in her menses. I said, fantastic. When did, what were supplements? Everything you have us, me on. I said, okay, when did you stop them? I didn't. So you took hormone regulating supplements and blood sugar stability supplements, antioxidant supplements up to the day you tested. Yes, mm-hmm. we have a problem. Because you didn't get a true read because you had assistance in place. And when we're dealing with that blood sugar instability and we're dealing with inflammation and we're dealing with PCOS, remember, those blood labs are only what is circulating at the time. So if there is a supplement that has been had over a course of time, it's not like that supplement's just dead in the water. There's things that have been helping regulate it. So her blood labs came back low estrogen. What do you think they're going to do? What do you think? Blood labs came back, Katie, imbalanced of the endocrine, oh. the thyroid. Oh, no. I see where this is headed. Ferritin was low. Vitamin D was low. And I'm like, this is incomplete. Like, tell me this person asked if you were on supplements. No, my heart, there's never judgment, but this is when I get really agitated with Western. Yes, with not with the client, but with the, the medical practitioner they went to and asked about these blood labs. They don't give them the proper information. They don't tell them, you know, most of the time they don't tell them you need to test at certain times of days on certain tests, even specific days in your cycle. They don't tell you you need to come off of certain supplements for X amount of days beforehand. And this is why we're getting so many women saying, oh, my blood labs come back as normal. Well, of course they're coming back as normal. You didn't properly test them. And it's not their fault. It's the medical practitioner's fault. Yeah. And the big one that is most irritating because, well, we know what we know. So it's not like, you know, but I expect a doctor to understand that the 5-ADHT, which is in that androgen pathway, that is what can cause acne. I'm not saying low estrogen can't, you know, perpetuate the issue, but again, it's more inflammatory. However, that 5-ADHT, that's a, that's a check your acne is from hormone and imbalances. 
Why is that not a standard? If you go to somebody and you say, I have acne, why are they not doing complete hormone panel? I feel like this is a whole nother because, podcast in itself. Right. But that's all they feel it is, right? They only feel that your acne is hormonal and here's your birth control. Yep. It's like, oh, yep. Yeah, no, you're going to have to take birth control for the rest of time. And you're like, but, but, but. And guess what her doctor said? You're going to have to take birth control. Six months. I want you on birth control. Lord have mercy. Yep. And I'm like, whoopsie. And guess what? I just want to go on a bit of a tangent here with the birth control and PCOS. Now, when we're looking at the big root causes of acne and PCOS, so we know there's going to be gut implications with PCOS and with acne. There's going to be poor sluggish detox pathways like your liver in PCOS and with acne. There's going to be, you know, issues with your adrenals. There's going to be massive inflammation. There's going to be that insulin resistance. Guess what the birth control pill is doing? Going to be making your gut issues worse in the long run because the birth control pill can actually alter your gut's microbiome can contribute to leaky gut, which is known as the slang term for intestinal permeability, and can also overwhelm your liver. And it can not only contribute to the existing hormonal imbalances, but it can create new ones. So when you come off of that birth control pill, we so, so often see estrogen dominance and an androgen rebound, where all of the androgens, including the testosterone, comes flying back in. Guess how much better your PCOS is going to be after that? It's so infuriating when I hear these things, when the solution here is to properly test. And then when we're looking at the insulin resistance and the inflammation, we need to be looking at, well, why is there inflammation there in the first place? Like, where is that hidden inflammation coming from? And when we pull back those layers, we can often see that it comes from poor gut health because that's how the systemic inflammation can run rampant in the body when we're dealing with poor gut health. But guess what? We've just been taking birth control pills, so we just increased our inflammation in the body. Because when we're looking at inflammation, they really make your cells like kind of hard and rigid, and they really make it difficult for that insulin, um, you know, for the insulin and that sugar to get right into the cells where it needs to be. So your body is, you know, creating more insulin. And when the cells are just like on attack, it's like sugar coming at them from everywhere. This is where they're like, whoa, man, like this is getting out of hand. I'm now insulin resistance. So basically like your cells are just sick and tired of people coming to the party and banging on the door with a cake, you know, with a case of beer and a bunch of cake. They're like, no, man, we got too much in here already. Like, please, please leave. So this is how the body just stops listening. And this is how we're dealing with this insulin resistance. And we really need to pair it back and look at the inflammation because we need to have those cells let the insulin in because the insulin has nowhere to go. It's been knocking on your doors and it's like, well, I just, I got to find something else to do. I'm just going to go wander around the yard. So we're going to be seeing that there's going to be that overabundance of insulin and glucose hanging out in our bloodstream, which would be just wandering around on the front yard. My head's on fire. Why is your head on fire? Because I want to like say so much. I'm just like, (laughs) I know I saw her. I was like, Chris is like, literally itching to get in there. Like she's waiting for the gate to open. So you go, I'll let you have your turn. Because it's like this one. I started smiling because I don't know. I love the phrase testosterone rebound. I love it. I love it. And yeah, the androgen rebound. Yeah. And it's both. And because I hear clients kind of either like, what's that testosterone? I kind of chuckle because I'm like, it's that whole encompassing, right? Yeah. But we only hear about the testosterone. And I'm like, as I hear you, I'm like, aren't we a broken record? Gut, 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 right? Yes, 
Absolutely. Because it's naive to think the gut is not a part of our detoxification process. If we can't get it out, if we can't move it, if we can't shift it, if we can't treat it in kindness, then your inflammation is going to increase. So there's so many things. So obviously, when we say gut function, when we say gut permeability, when we say microbiome, it's all connected. Essentially, not everything is going to be the same, but we're using this as a whole big umbrella so that you can best understand why we have these inflammation triggers, mm -hmm. right? And if we have chronic inflammation, ooh, baby, that's, that's more that PCOS is going to be there with chronic inflammation. Is that fair? Absolutely. Because we see those inflammatory cytokines, which are basically like the little chemical messengers of our immune system. Guess what they do? They stimulate the production of androgens. Yeah. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. Like it's, it really is that chronic inflammation taking a toll on our androgen production. It's going to further attacks our adrenals. So maybe now we're looking at adrenal dysfunction as well. And this all roads lead back to that stinking gut, you guys. It really, it really is at a gut level. We need to start repairing the gut lining. We need to rebalance the microbiome to give our immune system break, to get that chronic inflammation down, to, you know, get our adrenals in a, in a happier spot. I love that you said the adrenals because chronic inflammation absolutely takes a toll on the adrenals. Not just the adrenals, but the adrenals roll up into this beautiful thing called the endocrine system, right? It's the HPA. So PCOS, what do we usually see? Hello, thyroid in the tank. Remember the blood labs I just told you? So do I think that she could have PCOS? Yes, but because she was on the supplements, boom, we suppressed everything. And if you're going to Western, that's another thing. And adrenals aren't really, is it? I know it is fair, but this is kind of like rhetorical. <laughs> is it fair to say that Western does not put enough stress on the adrenal health? Mm, like the only, it, again, it rarely depends. Like when I think back to our clients, because we're always like, oh, did they ask you about their stress levels? I find like maybe 25% of our clients have their, their medical practitioner ask about their stress levels. Absolutely. Or test their ACTH, right? Which is part of that DHEA. And then part of the cortisol, the cortisol, bam, we're going to progesterone, testosterone. Believe me, nothing for naught. It's all connected. So when we're looking at the adrenal glands, you better believe the androgen production for that PCOS, mm -hmm. hands down. BFFs. 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 Like when we look at that secretion of cortisol, that stress-like hormone, you hear us say it all the time. Insulin has to come out. Got to come out. So you're stressed. It's coming out. You're eating. It's coming out. You don't have, you have the party, but you're full and you're knocking on Katie's door and she's not letting you in. What's happening? And one little connector, you know how you're like, the blood cells are very rigid. Mm -hmm. The cells. Something with PC. Yeah. Something with PCOS is the personality itself can get very aggressive and rigid. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, definitely. We, we And, and I, I, I giggle with this, uh, this one because we even have clients who will say, you know, um, do you find that you are a little more aggressive in certain situations? They're like, oh my God, how did you know? Like, don't worry, it's not, it's not you, it's your PCOS. And inside the HTMA, right? There are some markers. We're going to look at boron where it's situated. It's definitely interconnected to estrogen and testosterone. Of course, we're going to look at the interplay of where the hormone metabolite, so don't mix it up with the methylation, but how the liver, and that kind of goes into our next one, how that liver is using the hormones. Outside of that, 
what if we're not even breaking down our fats? If there's 50 plus hormones, we have to look at that calcium and phosphorus level, plus our sodium potassium, because that's our stress-like response. That's where the body's like, oh shit, run. Or, hey, you want to come have a mojito over here? I'm just going <laughs> to sit here and watch Netflix. Whoa. Chris, how do you know I love mojitos? Um, because you're carbocate. <laughs> because I'm carbocate. And I did, at the beginning of the summer, put out my strawberry mojito mocktail, if anyone's a fan of them like I am. I want, you know what? I'm going to do something. We're sidebar here. I want to do mocktails. Yeah, I love them. I'm going to do that this summer. I'm going to try mocktails. Well, we're at the end of the summer now, so you're going to have to do mocktails into the fall. But can't you do them? When, you can do, we got holidays coming up. You got Thanksgiving. You got Christmas. No way. Okay, we have all of September. Summer doesn't switch over till end of September. I love a good mocktail because I don't I don't really drink that often. Like 97.5% of the year I don't drink ever. But and by the way, I'm gonna tell everybody what something. are you gonna what are you gonna tell them, Chris? <laughs> by the way, when she wants to drink, and depending on if she's on a protocol, she'll text me and she'll be like, tell me this is okay. <laughs> tell me this is the least evil. <laughs> She's like, you're not responding. And I'm like, I'm reading, right? <laughs> I, cause I, I'm a true, I'm a true believer that you can't coach yourself. So, you know, I was doing a, a really intensive protocol for myself and even I needed a little moral support at the end of the day. And Chris is my moral support. And I was at a concert texting, like everyone was vibing and I'm, you know, drinking my water on my protocol. And I was like, but maybe I could just have a tequila. That seems like it would be a the best option. And Chris is like, there are no best options in this situation. I was like, okay. Abort. Stop. Drink more water. I guess I'll be 99% alcohol free this year. <laughs> so yeah, that was a sidebar, but I thought I'd share that with everybody. She wrapped me out. Way to wrap me out. But it's so funny. It's Katie could text anyone, right? And they're going to say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's almost, but it's funny. You text me and I knew. you know, I'm going to be like, it's going to be hard like no. either a hard no or like, like, what's your goal here, Katie? Like, come on. Like, yeah, I wasn't texting Paige. Well, sure. Wasn't texting that enabler. <laughs> Cause you know, she'd be like, oh my God, get a triple, get a triple. And here you are. We're like, mm, Katie, you know better. I'm like, okay, Chris, I was texting you. Cause you tell me the right thing. Right. And then, and then it's like, you're such a bubble popper. My family calls me the fun fun ruiner or the fun sucker. Oh, I get the bubble popper. Yeah, it's okay. We've accepted our role in, the, in this world. Yeah. Um, as educators, as leaders, as... Sure. These are the words I like to use. Whatever helps us sleep better at night. All right. So let's get... So we know that the endocrine disruptors, the, the adrenals... Wait, let's the, rewind, rewind. Endocrine disruptors. Because sometimes I feel like our brains are so used to saying endocrine disruptors. Oh. People are like WTF. So an endocrine disruptor, also known as an EDC, is something in our, you know, it's, it's a chemical that can mimic hormones in our body. So this would be something like BPA, bisphenol A, which you'll find in the plastic water bottles that people love to buy from Costco, in your reusable water bottle, in any type of plastic Tupperware. Um, we're going to be seeing it in the lining of cans. You're going to see hormone disruptors in, guess what? Your skincare ingredients, in your makeup ingredients, in the personal care products you're using on yourself and even your children. We're going to be seeing endocrine disruptors in pesticides as well. They are literally everywhere in our society. And when we, when we use them, whether they're in our food, we're applying them, we're drinking them, wherever it may be, they're mimicking hormones in our body. And if we're dealing with endocrine disorders like a PCOS, we're dealing with acne, we need to be so bloody aware 
of these endocrine disruptors and where they're hiding. Yeah. And your internal endocrine disruptors is the stress-like mm-hmm. response, the gut health, the blood sugar instability. So now we have internal, external. The good news is, is you don't have to live with PCOS because it's 110% reversible, right? Oh God. Yeah. Like how many clients have we had where they don't deal with a single PCOS symptom anymore? But, 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 and you know how much I, I was like, Chris, why are you throwing a butt at me over here? Because I get that all the time. But Chris, I, I have a client right now. She's been with us for a while. She absolutely, she has the 5-A-DHT. She has the blood sugar instability. She has, we weaned off her supplements and she had a flare. We increased them. Boom. Is her gut in good health? Needs a little more work. Yes. And she shows up daily for that. So she's a phenomenal client. It's phenomenal. Please never give up on yourself. Your journey is not a, oh, okay, well, this is an eight-week protocol. Oh, okay, no. well, I read that I could do this over two weeks. It is a systemic stress-like response. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a red light room. I'm going to get a sauna room. She's building her house. And I'm like, she should just move in with me. I just said, can I, can I, can I visit? (laughs) Can we come set up our headquarters there? But I think that's a really, usually people let us, usually people want us there. And then you know what? We open the pantry and we do our, oh, and they're like, bye. Oh, see you out. That's, that's my mom. That's my mom. Leave. You're not allowed here. You're ruining it all for me. Oh, oh, you bought this, did you? Okay, well, I, I wouldn't have bought this. Mm-hmm. So clearly my, my mom yes. loves when I do that. But that's the thing is, I think it's so vitally important to remember that it's not a quick four months. It's not a six months. It's not a whatever. Your journey is going to take the time it takes. And we don't have a crystal ball to say, you know, hey, Chris, your journey to clear up your PCOS acne is going to take you eight months. We have to look at this from a larger perspective because I find when we're dealing with these, you know, underlying issues like a PCOS or an endometriosis, they're going to take a little bit of extra time. And when we look at it, I love to give the analogy, give yourself one month of focused, committed work for every one year you've been dealing with these symptoms. So if you've been dealing with PCOS symptoms for 15 years, let's ballpark 15 months in our brain. Is it going to take that long? Maybe not. It could be a lot shorter. We've had clients who've been able to get it under control much faster, but at least that gives you an an idea of it's not going to be an overnight thing. I'm going to take this, you know, um, inositol and a probiotic and all my issues are going to be solved. Like it's going to take time. Yeah. And we have to then get into the liver. So this approach of this systematic step, I mean, how many times have you Mm. heard me say, Katie, I can't handle this one more time, this woman was put through a liver protocol and she's flared and she's never recovered. Why? We tend not to go liver. And I mean, and that's not all the time. We're going to assess it. But vast majority don't go into the liver right away because your liver is doing a gazillion. They've Most recent research is saying now over Mm -hmm. 600 functions when it used to be 500, right? So it depends what we've been exposed to, internal, external, no matter what that liver has to be able to detoxify it, has to be able to methylate it, metabolize it, has to be able to use it, store it. Hello, Mm -hmm. insulin, store it and or use it, right? We have to do things like, hello, vitamin D. Oh, hello, ferritin. Remember the blood labs I was talking about? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So I know there's issues with the liver. The thing is, is the liver also holds emotion. And so we've already talked about that rigid blood cell. We've already talked about the rigid personality. Now we're going to go into the liver and say, let's just expose anger because that is a hot mess right there. And that's the big mistake that we see acne sufferers and PCOS sufferers making is going through a liver detox 
or just buying a hormone balancing supplement. Because one, if you do a liver detox, your pathways aren't open. We're not dealing with the right mineral ratios. Our, you know, our gut's struggling. You are going to cause some damage. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be fun. And it's going to make your issues so much worse and you won't be successful because we need those pathways open. We need the, gut, the liver functioning in a way that allows for that proper drainage and proper detoxification of the organ. And then when we're looking at the hormones, like we've discussed already is I can't even count how many times women will say, oh, well, like I, I'm just going to take a salt palmetto. Like I have PCOS, so I'm going to take a salt palmetto or a green tea extract and some zinc and some inositol and call it a day. Those could absolutely be helpful, but they may not be what you need right now, or they could be what you need right now, but you also need to be addressing the function of your gut and looking at your adrenals. Yeah. And functional test is really good for the gut. If we're talking blood labs and you want to do blood labs, here, here's my best go-to. One, I definitely want to see a CBC, right? I would love, I like zinc and copper tested and people are like, what? Copper? Who's that? right? I like those tested. I like the homeocysteine pathway, the B6, B9, B12. Chances are doctors aren't going to do all that. At the very least, if we could get them in the States, not so much Canada, we've really got to get on this. I know, it's so annoying. There is a comprehensive metabolic panel. Boom. Absolutely. For Canadians, we want to look at the AST, the ALT, the GGT, these are the how the liver and the kidneys are working. There's a cholesterol full lipid panel. There's some other ones in there too, but when we're coming into the hormones, right? Testing on day 19 to 20. If you don't know your cycle, get an app. There's free ones. Do something because we want free testosterone. And often I see total testosterone. Like it too, throw it in, but free testosterone. Estrogen, please in the estradiol. Mm. Mm. right? Progesterone. There's different progesterones. However, let's just get the base. Sex hormone binding globulin. I rarely ever see this put. I can't, I don't think I've seen it once to be honest. And I've been doing this for a long time. Right? Now let's move up the body out of the ovaries, out of the adrenals. And let's go to, you know, we're talking about the HPA. So that pituitary, that hypothalamus, those controllers, we want to have FSH, LH, ACTH. And then from there, we can also address DHEAS. When I slow it down, Katie, it doesn't work. I have the super speed. And you want to, I'm thinking as you're rhyming off the, all the acronyms, I know what you're talking about, but the, I know everyone's like, rewind, rewind, pause, rewind, write down, pause, rewind, write down. So if you're... Like Chris talks slower, I would recommend going back and listening to it like this last 60 seconds, like one or two more times so that way you can write it down in your notes. And I'm using the acronyms because your doctor will understand those. If I use the full name, we would be here all day. Yeah, let's just use the acronyms and call it a day. And if you can, with all fingers and toes crossed, ask them for the 5-A-D-H-T. Please, from Chris, with love. Here's a cupcake. They're going to say that to their doctor. Chris says, and they're going to be like, who the F is Chris? Here, go listen to this episode. <laughs> oh God, you just hear that going. So just in those, those can give you a lot of vital information because we want to make sure we're not having cholesterol issues because cholesterol, by the way, blood sugar. Mm. Uh, we want to make sure that we're not have, seeing any kind of insulin-like resistance. We want to make sure that your stress, your stress pathways 
aren't part of that issue. Like, are you metabolizing your cortisol? That's a big one. I kind of exhausted that in, you can get a lot of information. So I don't think we need to go in further detail there. No, but I do want to make note that while blood labs are great, they, they, again, they're often not comprehensive enough or detailed enough. They don't include all the melabolites mm-hmm. for the hormones. So generally yeah. when we have a client with an endocrine disorder, like a PCOS, so endometriosis, like a true big hormonal imbalance, we will uh, generally like to run a Dutch hormone test with them a little bit later in their journey. We never start there because we know we got to clean up the gut. We got to get that liver working well in order to get a better handle on the hormones. But generally I would say like month five, month six, maybe even month eight, you want to get a Dutch test done to get a really solid snapshot of what's happening because this is a little bit different than your traditional blood lab. It's a urine-based and it's going to be looking at the different metabolites. You're going to be getting the sex hormones, the different estrogens, the different progesterones, the androgens, your cortisol. Like It's going to be showing you a really solid panel and you can be having that alongside your blood labs. Like We really love looking at those two together when we bring it to the naturopath in order to be like, okay, this is what really needs to go on in order to get the, the dials kind of shifted here. Yeah. And just to jump back. So the, I think I sort of might've had self-diagnoses kind of gals. Yeah. The, I think I have it based on these symptoms, right? High stress. They, most people don't connect that, but that's just something I can put out there. So that means I have PCOS. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I have high stress. Well, According to your ND, no, I'm just kidding. According to, I know Chris and I have the same ND. So we all know each other's files real well up in here. But we want to look at that aggressiveness. We've given you extra little nuggets. Is there aggressiveness? Is it that assertiveness? Is it impulsivity almost like? Irritability. Irritability, right? We want to look at all those connectors because sure, you can have skin tags. That's a blood sugar one. That's why it's rolled up under testosterone, that androgen pathway. Cysts on ovaries, yeah. There's six different types of cysts, and sometimes they can be misdiagnosed. What about, though, I would say the most common one that women always attribute back to the PCOS is the body hair. So the, I always say it's hair in places you don't want it and hair thinning in places you don't want. So the hair on your head will often see some thinning and hair loss. Yeah. And we'll be seeing the coarse body hair, like the wiry chin hairs that you pluck out. Or like maybe on the chest hair, the, yeah, the cleavage area, maybe along your, around your belly button, those like those dark, coarse hairs. And I would say the acne, the oily skin and the, the, the facial hair and hair thinning are the most common ones that clients are like, oh my God, I have PCOS because I have these symptoms. And don't get me wrong. You could. You absolutely could, but you also may not. It just may be a PCOS-like. Yes. How your body is using, producing and directing the androgen-like activity. So that's just how it kind of all comes together. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, do I have it now? I I don't know. I've got to go get blood labs. (laughs) I need to go to a Dutch. I need blood labs. I got to look on, you know, the Dr. Google, confirm this. But I really, this is where I really do encourage, you know, working with a practitioner, rerun the HTMA with our clients first. We get that foundation in place. We get the gut. We're not skipping ahead and and not getting all of this work in place before we move to the hormones. Because when we are looking at the Dutch tests and we're looking at hormones, really, Chris, we see like the true hormonal acne connections is the elevated 5A DHT, the 5 alpha DHT, and more of a preference for the alpha over the beta. Yeah. And we can also be alpha preferenced, so symptomatic, but be beta dominant 
And I'm not going to, that's not for a now. That's for that's another for episode. A, that's for a personal, that's for a personal case, right? The other thing is, is with all of those, you know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, well, I'm exercising. Oh, right. I'm, I'm doing hit and I'm doing CrossFit. And yes, you go to very classes. predominant people. Yes. And they will tell you these are good, right? What I say is if we are trying to stabilize blood sugar first, because we have a stress-like known response, because we don't know how the body is because of the triggers and the traumas and the thoughts and the toxins and oh my, then what I say first is under assessment, can we step back from that excessive like behavior? Chris, you know how they react when you tell them they can't do their hit and their high, their, their big intense workouts. How dare you? And if you right now just had an expression just like Katie, where you felt your world was caving in, you can't breathe, you know. Having a mild panic attack because you can't do your spin class. I'm going to let you know you're using it in the incorrect forms because if anything happened and you weren't able to do that, how would you cope? Does it become a crutch? Like, of course, we are a big fan of movement. I like using the word movement. That whether it's walking, it's Pilates, it's light yoga, it's, you know, hiking, it's swimming, resistance training, weightlifting, like these are all phenomenal exercises. You can still, so phenomenal movements, I should say that you can still get in. We don't have to be doing CrossFit and all of these like training for marathons Mm -hmm. that are really essentially, Chris, pushing our body to that breaking point increasing the stress response and is really impacting our blood sugar and the PCOS. And we're not saying you can never do these things again. It's just while we're temporarily working through this blood sugar regulation, you know, getting our stress response down, the HPA axis, the adrenals, maybe we want to really lessen the amount that we're doing it. And maybe we only do it one or two times a week and we weave in some more of that gentle movement. Absolutely. I I say the same thing. I say movement, momentum, motion, these types of things. Even hot yoga is enough that can overstimulate the body. Not the hot yoga, Chris. I'm being the reaction for everybody listening. Not the hot yoga. (laughs) I loved what you said. Resistance training. Resistance training allows in nice controlled movements, the blood sugar stability, because now we're getting to the cells. We're directing it. We're not like creating this whole medley of adrenal hormones that are going in catastrophic, like Black Friday sale. So when we, it's so true. That's what it is. Like it's anxiety thinking about Black Friday, right? Uh, you, you totally shop Black Friday. Don't even try it. You know, I do all my shopping on Black Friday and it's a stressful day and I get all my gifts. And if you don't have, if you haven't told me what you want for Christmas by Black Friday, I'm not going to eat gifts. Sorry. She says that, but that's a lie because she loves shopping. That's a lie. I do love shopping. I'll be buying gifts up until Christmas Eve. So resistance training, right? Get those glucose. Then will start to refine when you bring back in things. The other one little nugget in, and Katie, we, we really can't go without talking about it. What one? So we already talked about the food, the low glycemic, right? Oh yeah. I'm going to go there. I know you are. And to be honest, when Chris and I were like planning out what we wanted to talk on today's episode, she was, we're talking about this. And I was like, okay, I'm like, we'll talk about it. Yeah. God, let's do it. Write it down. I love how you say planning. We kind of volley ideas and then you hit record and then all of a sudden Chris is like, oh, okay, let's do this. That's, I know somebody asked the other day, like, do you script them hard? No, we do not script our podcast. We can't. It's impossible. Our brains don't work like Even that. Even when I worked in television, like I was a videographer and a TV host for years. And anytime I had to read a script, my brain could not compute. I have to say things ad lib. Like, 
give me bullet points of like things we got to talk about and then we'll just go. Yeah, absolutely. So what's this bullet point that you added to our bullet points, Chris? Oatmeal. Oatmeal and oats. The food fear around oats. Do you remember that in the client group in the Facebook, in the, back in the oh, summer, yeah. I can't remember when it was, a client came on and she said, oh my gosh, this predominant doctor in acne clearing is totally against oats. And I'm like, and she had these studies and I had to really kind of step back and I went into my geek form and yeah, we refined the way we looked at it. Here's the thing, oats, yes. If Katie and I haven't said 6,000 million times and we're going to say it again, like, like whatever that broken record sound is, because there's no such thing anymore. It's kind of, I'm going to have to get it added to podcasts. Like this was like, yeah, we do. Can we get buttons when you're on the radio and you hit the like, do, 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 do. We need a road, uh, uh, record breaker. Oh, I want those. We have to, oh my gosh, there's your next shopping spree. Go on there really quickly and go find like noisemakers. You're going to get some hate mail from my husband. No, but that's okay. That's approved. Um, I'll bring him bring beer. Him beer. So, He'll be fine. But yeah, to bring it all in is this oatmeal. Please don't fear oatmeal. Variety, rotation. If you have PCOS, yeah, that might be a food. First, we want to go in and give you food before we start taking food out. It doesn't make sense. So does oatmeal have the potential to give you testosterone? Yeah. Most case studies are horses, male horses. They give it in copious amounts to increase their testosterone. Are you a male horse? The end. I, I don't think I'm a male horse. Last time I checked. Well, in today's world, who knows? So all I have to say is please don't fear all the foods. And if you really think there's an impact, why don't you do it when testosterone starts to elevate during the ovulation? Why don't you maybe remove it from day eight to day 14 and see if there is any beautiful return for you. Because at the end of the day, oatmeal is slow release insulin. It's not a hard and fast. And do we have additional tips on how we could be making the oatmeal an even better choice? So, you know, having it maybe only two times a week, getting a rotation in there. Could we be adding some healthy fats? Could we be adding some additional protein? Throw some pumpkin seeds in there. Hello, androgen, like zinc, beautiful. Ooh, pumpkin seeds. Hemp seeds, right? Uh, cinnamon, blood sugar stability, love cloves. It, it, I mean, any of yeah, nutmegs. I love ginger. I love cinnamon. I love cloves. I love all those anti-inflammatory. They're going to help the gut too. Gut loving spices, you know, some of those pumpkin seeds, because the zinc is great for helping to um, block the androgens in the body. Mm-hmm. So I think we just, yeah, if we're dealing with PCOS, maybe we want to be looking at that, but that's something you can work through with your, with your practitioner. But we, we also really want to be looking at that food fear and seeing like, are we having it in rotation? Do we have underlying factors? Like there, there's a lot to consider. So that's why one of my dear, dear friends um, and colleagues and mentors, the lovely Julie Dana, like always says, there's 7 billion diets for 7 billion people. And that is so insanely true because the diet that works for me, that works for Chris, isn't going to work for the next person. Okay. I know you're, you're like hot and heavy over this. So like, bring it in. Let's summarize it for me, Katie. Bring it in. Summarizing it all. So listen, when we're looking at food in general, there's some foundational things that we can, foundational habits that we can be having in place to love up our hormones, whether we're dealing with PCOS, PCOS like acne or, or any of the hormonal imbalances, we really need to be making sure that we're having protein and healthy fats at every single meal. And I kind of giggle about this because we were out somewhere recently and uh, my girlfriends were asking something about like, what's what's one food that I should eat every day, Katie? And my, my girlfriend to the left of me, Mary, goes, protein fiber, healthy fats. And I was like, girl, have you been 
And she just starts like laughing hysterically because she hears me say it so much in my stories. Broken record right here. Play. Broken record. Protein. Yeah. Protein, fiber, and healthy fats at every single meal. We want to be looking at our plate and having, you know, 25% of that be protein. 50% of the plate. So half of your plate should be non-starchy vegetables. And then that final missing 25% could be a smaller serving of a starchier vegetable or a starchier grain. We really do, though, want to be focusing on the protein, a little bit of the healthy fats, and the in the uh, low starchy, low glycemic veggies. And when we're looking at you know the types of food, let's really look at nourishing, nutrient dense things that are going to keep our blood sugar very stable. So we're not going to be skipping meals. And remember, coffee is not a meal. So please, yeah, coffee's not a meal, Chris. It's not a meal. You can't just add some coconut butter to it and say, oh my god, I have breakfast and lunch right here. Consistent meals throughout the day to love up your blood sugar. We want to be maybe looking at some lower glycemic index foods like berries, you know, um, like the the dark leafy greens, these really wonderful foods that are, again, not going to be spiking your blood sugar. That would mean maybe not stopping at Starbucks and getting a muffin alongside your coffee for your breakfast because that's just going to be sending your all of your things on a joyride. So we really want to be having these good things in place. And another one, we're going to be looking at increasing our protein intake because the like the, the biggest macronutrient we see clients deficient in is protein. So if we can be getting in the 70 to 100 grams, depending on your body, you know, your body mass and all of your goals, really just increasing that protein up, getting those high quality fats. And that would be things like your cold water fatty fish, your hemp hearts, your coconut products, your avocado, your olives, your olive oils, the nuts, the seeds. And really looking at focusing on that anti-inflammatory diet. So go to my blog, type in best diet for acne and avoiding those refined carbohydrates that are spiking our blood sugar. And we need to be drastically reducing or eliminating sugar altogether. That doesn't mean you can ever have something sweet again. Let's maybe use something with raw honey, which is a little bit lower on the glycemic index, a little bit of maple syrup. Maybe we could be opting for a monk fruit or a stevia. These are ways that we can really be making sure that we're nourishing the body from the inside out. Chris, did I miss anything in my summarization rant? If we have an autoimmune. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah, let's add that. If we have an autoimmune for a second, that protein, we're probably going to want to reduce it just a little bit Mm -hmm. because the body is already on hiatus. So what I like to say is for every one kg of your body weight, 1.2 grams So it's not going to be as liberal as what we're putting in here. And when you first start out with PCOS as well, please note, maybe those grains, maybe those grains don't hit the plate right away. Maybe it's those beautiful Brussels sprouts, right? (laughs) What do you talk? I love Brussels sprouts. Stop hating. Stop hating on my Brussels sprouts. When people come in, they don't love Brussels sprouts. And I say, it's the way you're cooking them. Because I promise you, I'm going to give you one recipe and I'm going to change your world. And we do. So, yep. Check out for the shaved Brussels sprouts on my blog. Another one there right for you guys. You guys, if you're like, I don't know. Can you put it in for them? Can, can we Can we be nice and put it in for them? I'm going to put it I'm gonna put it in the show notes. I was going to put in the show notes. And be okay. Nice. Show notes. But I'm saying, if you guys are ever like, I don't know what to be eating for my hormones and my skin. You guys, I have hundreds upon hundreds of skin-loving, hormone-balancing, liver-detoxifying, gut-repairing recipes on my blog. So please absolutely use that as a resource. And if you're like, Katie, I need a meal plan, don't worry. Go to the shop section. We got you a little uh, hormone, skin-loving, balancing meal plan up in there as well. All right. Do, Do you think we covered enough today, Chris? 
I'm happy. She's Chris is content with today's episode. So androgen rebounding. I love it. Androgen rebounding. She's content. I'm going to get her a new mug. So if you loved this week, we're going to be delving into more of the hormonal underlying endocrine disorders throughout the month of September. And next week, we're going to be going to town on endometrius and acne. Thanks for hanging out with us this week on the Clear Skin Chronicles. We'll see you next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Remember to subscribe to the show and drop us a review. Sending glowing vibes your way, Katie and Chris.